Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. In the UK, as in many countries, you have to sit some notoriously challenging exams if you want to become a barrister. That's a lawyer who stands in court, argues often complex cases. In today's instalment of our Student Stories series, we find out how aspiring barrister and podcast listener Charlie rose to the challenge of memorising vast amounts of information for his exams in just a few short months using strategies he developed with the help of our advice here on the podcast, in particular using the blank page retrieval strategy, uh, which I recently covered in detail in episode 68. One of the reasons I particularly like Charlie's story is because it underlines a message I care very deeply about, which is even for relatively bright and capable students, as I think many of you listening are, when your course gets hard, when the exams get tough, there comes a point where you cannot simply just work your way, invest hours and hours and and expect to kind of work your way to success. Because it doesn't matter how much study time you sink in, if you're not studying in the right way, using the right strategies, you'll probably have a very difficult time of things. So listen in today to hear the strategies Charlie used to ace the famously tough exams he was sitting. I started by asking him to elaborate on what it was about these exams that made them so especially challenging. Well, unlike any exams I'd sat before, they were very fact-heavy, content-heavy exams. And so basically, you had to learn a number of rules and a whole load of information contained in three enormous books, one called the Civil Procedure Rules, another referring to Criminal Procedure, and then finally there was an Ethics Handbook. And and the three hardest exams on the course uh, were content-based exams based on those enormous books. And they were multiple choice exams, so not like the essay I did history at university. It's not like the essay subjects I was used to. So it was it was a kind of different proposition. So rather than learning facts to deploy as part of an argument in an essay, uh, you're kind of learning facts in themselves, almost like a driving theory test or something like that. So the sheer amount of content was probably the biggest challenge that I faced. Secondly, this was in 2020. And I think the exams are originally going to be in April 2020. And so our revision period was just as coronavirus was uh, kicking off. So there was a great deal of uncertainty at the time as to whether they'd go ahead. And eventually they, they didn't go ahead and they were pushed back until August. And they were moved from being paper exams to online exams. So that uncertainty about when they were going to be and what format they were going to be Uh, was also quite challenging. And I I think those are the two biggest challenges that jump out. I'd love to talk more about exams in a minute because, yeah, from what I understand, it was quite a a unique challenge (laughs) that that you face getting through those papers. Let's talk about the the run-up to the exams first. So the study process, this this kind of mountain of knowledge that you're describing across these massive books. What did you learn in the course of the year about what worked and what doesn't work so well when it comes to just taking on a big vast volume of knowledge and locking it away in memory? I think it's very easy to fixate on making notes and do that 
at the cost of uh, memorizing the actual content. When, when there is so much, you could easily spend all of the revision time making perfect notes and making very detailed notes um, and not leave yourself enough time to actually memorize the content. Whereas at university, I think there's enough time to do both, to make detailed notes and to memorize. Here, there just wasn't, basically. And so you had to uh, work out a strategy for giving enough time to memorize, basically. And, and my strategy was essentially to to not leave the revision notes to the last minute and to the revision period, but right from the start of the course to start making detailed notes based on these enormous books so that when it came to revision, I wouldn't have to open the books, basically. I'll have had my detailed notes and from those, I could then repackage them into um, shorter topic by topic notes, which would only take me a couple of hours per topic, rather than the sort of day per topic it would take note, very detailed ones afresh. And then I would have something kind of short and malleable that I could then memorize right from the start of the revision period. I would do maybe three or four topics in a day, and then at the end of the day, try and do some retrieval practice. Um, to make sure that I, I was doing that sort of active process of memorization uh, as early as possible. So retrieval practice, bringing information to mind from from long term memory. What what form did that take for you? I'd have maybe six pages of notes on a topic, and let's say in the morning, I'm going to pick something very boring, like summary judgment. You don't have to know what it is, but know that it's a boring bit of civil procedure. So I spent two hours in the morning turning my detailed notes that I've taken earlier on in the year into something um, much more streamlined and efficient. Um, and then at the end of the day, I would get out a blank piece of paper and get one of those multicolored pens. And I would, in one color, um, do a mind map on one page, try and keep it all onto one page. I don't know why that just helped me. And try and recall everything about uh, summary judgment, so the test, relevant case law, you know, everything I could and try and get that all onto one page. And then once I'd sort of exhausted my brain and written down everything I knew, I would change the colour on my pen, then get out my notes and write in a different colour all the things that I'd missed. And then I'd do another topic, that same thing. And then after that, go back to the summary judgment thing and new blank sheet of paper, write out everything I, I know and try and get less of that second colour the second time round. And I think engaging with it in that sense from an early stage, it means that it just seems to sit somewhere in your mind uh, a bit more deeply uh, than it would leaving it all up, leaving all the memorization up to the last minute. Definitely. Yeah. The principle of not only retrieval practice, but spaced learning where you come back to it on, on different days and, and very important within retrieval practice, of course, not just practicing remembering and testing yourself, but also going back and checking um, and filling in any blanks or correcting anything that you've, you've misremembered. Can you remember where you learned about all this stuff? Well, well, uh, a lot of it, the retrieval stuff definitely came from, um, the exam study expert podcast because it, it, it kind of confirmed a few hunches that I'd had before about the process of actually making the notes, which is kind of what had, had been drilled into me at school and maybe in the early years of university. It, it doesn't; it's only half the battle, really, if that. That I learnt the most when when I was applying that knowledge. So whether I, that's you know writing 
practice essays or practice essay plans or writing out from memory everything I knew about a certain topic, which I'd done at university, but I didn't really understand why that I felt that was more powerful uh, until I listened to your podcast um, and had a little gander at your website. And I sort of, I guess, it allowed me to to kind of um, apply it in a more rigorous way. I'm always really interested in what happens between like hearing about a different and potentially better way of doing things versus actually putting that into practice consistently because that can be quite a big gulf and quite a big gap and sometimes we can get lost crossing that chasm. Talk us through like was did it take a while for you or was it quite quick? Like how did that sort of process from like idea to implementation work out for you? I, I think I was quite lucky in the I think I came across your your podcast in the gap that I had due to the exams being delayed. And I, I was quite careful that the exams were delayed by four months. And that four months would have been way, way longer than I would have had. Um, so if I'd just revised solidly throughout those four months, I would have had much longer than I would have the exams been in April originally. Um, but I was careful not to do that. I decided to give myself exactly the same amount of time um, as I would have had in March and April, so the original re- revision period, and just to kind of plonk that before the August exams. So I think I started revising in, in mid-July, maybe. Um, so I had a bit of time beforehand to reflect about, um, you know, how I was going to approach it and to plan properly um, as to the method. So I think when you're planning revision, I think a lot of the time you can get uh, sucked into trying to kind of prescribe what topics you're going to do each day but that's probably not the planning you want to be doing you want to be actually planning the process of how you're going to memorize it um, and I often find that when I plan topics I it's a bit of a straitjacket um, sometimes you really don't feel like doing boring topics if you get up on the wrong side of bed or something um, so I would say you know try and be a bit flexible as the topics but um, really think beforehand about how uh, you're going to commit that knowledge um, to your memory. So it sounds like you you weren't kind of up against massive exam pressure just imminently. You had a bit more kind of mental space to like take on board new ideas. Did you pretty much take to it from day one or was there any sort of resistance? Like, for example, often the first time we use retrieval practice, we think this is feels like harder work. <laughs> and it is quite hard work because you're having to really stretch your memory. Did you kind of uh, take to it from day one or was, was there any sort of resistance you had to persuade yourself to overcome? How, how did that work out for you? I think there's, there's always going to be a bit of resistance, especially when um, you spent much of the day before you do the practice writing detailed revision notes that you've then printed out. So you have this sort of six page cheat sheet, uh, which is 30 centimetres away from you as you're doing your practice. And yeah, as you say, it can feel like hard work. And sometimes I'm sure I definitely was annoyed at myself for not knowing something. So I quickly looked at it, looked at my revision note, and then uh, pretended like I knew it from the start. But um, I think because it was quite similar to things that I'd been doing before for other exams, that I was kind of quite ready for it, I guess. But also I tried to, and this is a sort of wider point with law and law students, is that it can be very tempting. You see lots of people working very late nights and it can be very tempting to um, think that because there's so much content that you've got to work late. And therefore, if you were to do what I did and and, and uh, do some memorization stuff at the end of the day, 
if you're working late, then your brain just would not be up to it because it, it's it's hard mentally. And um, so I was always doing it around four thirty till five thirty, and then I would stop. And it's much easier when it's the last thing you do in the day because you're so, you're so excited to finish. Yeah, our whole thing is about studying smarter, not harder because we spend a lot of time talking about how to study smarter, but not quite so much time about how to not work harder. And I actually think they're two sides of the same coin because while studying smarter is great in and of itself, it also allows you to not work harder. But actually also not working harder is also essential if you want to study smarter because if you work too hard, you just don't have the energy and focus to work smart. I want to ask you about exams in a second, but just to sort of tie a bow on the study process and your experience of that, is there anything else by way of sort of best practice or do's or don'ts that you you kind of uh, can can remember from the experience that you uh, would either advise to others or perhaps wish you figured out sooner <laughs> um I, I heard quite a good tip in one of your podcasts about designing your notes in such a way that uh, you can do retrieval practice really easily so w- whether that's having questions in one column and then the answers in, in another i think were i to do it again i would i would definitely do that because i think it's, it, it suits a very knowledge-based exam like like this one and I definitely had questions within my notes, such as how much time do I have to serve this form? And then I'd have the answer after it. But not having it in a really structured way, I think, was a bit of a mistake. In terms of other best practice, I said that I wasn't working late. And that probably sounds really annoying uh, <laughs> to to lots of law students and BCC students, etc. But I was I was working quite early. I've always found with whether university exams or uh, or these professional exams that I'm very much a morning person. And if I can get five hours done before lunch, then the rest of the day, whatever I accomplish is a bonus because you've really attacked the day and sort of broken the back of it. So I, I was trying to, I, was, I think I was getting up at 6.30, starting at 7.30 and then having lunch at 12.30 which is something I did through university exams and found helpful there. So I would say if you want to add hours, don't don't add them at night where it's going to eat into your sleep. Add them in the morning. And in terms of other best practice, I, I had a bit of a, a buffer zone at the end where I left myself about a week or a week and a half maybe where I'd done all my notes and I'd at least gone through them once or twice through doing these retrieval practices. And I would have that week and a half just for retrieval practice um, and past questions. Which, of course, is retrieval practice as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, I think that's quite an important time as well, because in previous exams in the past, I'd done my notes right up until the end of um, the revision period, and the exams would just start, and I hadn't really had time to kind of process them and things like that. So... That's what I would recommend. Nice, nice. So Q&A notes or Q&A ultra notes, as I'm trying to rebrand them with questions down one side and answers down another. That's great. Perhaps, you know, not being tempted to work too late into the night and maybe getting up slightly earlier. I guess not taking that to extremes and getting up too early because otherwise you end up in the same boat and and, and skimping on sleep. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, leaving as much time as you can before the exam to, to focus on the retrieval practice. I guess a general theme through what you've been saying, you know, try and squash the amount of time you're doing non-retrieval practice stuff, like making notes, and more time either later in the day or later in the process, or preferably both, moving on as quickly as possible to, to sort of the retrieval practice stuff, whether that's um, using your Q&A notes and testing yourself on the answers, whether that's 
blank page retrieval, as you were describing earlier, or whether that's uh, doing doing practice questions. That seems like a great segue to just have a quick chat about how your exam experience went. I should preface this by saying that I was very lucky. I was one of the lucky ones in that um, I'm dyspraxic. So I was lucky enough to be able to go into a test centre to take my online exam. Whereas other people, most people, had to use software that was provided by a, a major education corporation um, to do their exams. And these are quite long exams, especially if you have uh, extra time, as many people do. So I think they're three hours as a sort of base level. But if you've got extra time, obviously, that's sort of uh, nudging on the four hours. And the software was such that it was uh, monitored there was online proctoring. So you had an invigilator that was looking through the, your webcam at you and at your surroundings to make sure that you weren't cheating uh, because there were closed book exams. But that also meant that you weren't allowed to go to the toilet for the people that were sitting the exams at home and you weren't allowed to leave the room. And I think there were various restrictions on, you know, you couldn't have a water bottle with letters on and things like that. I, it resulted in quite an awful experience for many, many people in the first of all, it was during a heat wave. So lots of people were drinking water because that's the safe and sensible thing to do. But by drinking water, you increase the chance that you're, that you're going to have to go to the toilet. And so people ended up uh, weeing uh, in bags and bottles underneath their desk, which is humiliating and completely unacceptable that the regulatory body that runs the exam didn't sort of anticipate this or find a way around it especially for people that are pregnant and who have health problems so it was all a bit of a nightmare Um, and the the second problem was that the tech didn't really work so people were logging on to their exams and then having uh being faced with a blank screen for i think some people have blank screens up to an hour and they didn't know whether they they were allowed to leave the room because they didn't know whether it was still under exam conditions and they would forfeit the exam if they were to do so. And then when the exam eventually started, they would have been sat in that chair for about four hours. So complete nightmare, but obviously very difficult given the coronavirus circumstances. But there's a general sense among our cohort that uh, it was handled very poorly. And, you know, I, uh, it's hard to give advice where AII was lucky enough to go to a test centre, so I was able to go to the toilet, which feels like a, a, a stupid thing to say, but that shouldn't be the, the bare minimum. So it, it was difficult for many people. And and if you lived in a flat or accommodation where it was very noisy, where you didn't really have your own personal space, that was also posed difficulties. And if you were caring uh, for children or somebody else, then all, there were also difficulties there. So complete nightmare. All you can do is prepare as, as well as you can for the exams that you you know that are in front of you. I guess doing an online exam, I think it, it is more difficult because you don't have you know you don't have a pen and paper. You weren't allowed a pen and paper as well, so you, you couldn't underline bits of the question and take notes as you went. So I mean, I don't know what the solution is really because um, there is no solution. I don't think perhaps the solution is is, is to practice in similarly uncomfortable positions. I had a friend at university that used to do past questions. So do a past essay is the very last thing he did before he left the library during a revision period. And his reasoning was that it's a bit like um, when marathon runners do altitude training, that if you can practice when things are most difficult and you're most tired, 
then when the real thing rolls around, he should be able to cope with most things. But obviously that's a sort of far cry from uh, being in a boiling room and not being able to go into the toilet. Yeah. No, extraordinary, extraordinary conditions. So you got to go to the test centre, so things were at least slightly more civilised. And uh, tell us what happened. So so how did it ultimately go? What do you remember about the day you, you kind of found out how it all went? How did it feel? It felt good. So there were 12 assessments throughout the year. And to get the top grade, I needed one of my final three, that final three sort of scary knowledge-based exams. I needed to get a top grade on that, and I did so. I, it felt good, but I'd actually started my job then. And so as with all these things, once you move on to the, the next sort of life stage, you can't really remember why you were so uh, exercised about them in, in the first place. But it, 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 it did feel good, and it felt nice to think about your strategy and think about your plan and then to execute it, I, I think was probably the best feeling. But then in general, I, I my sort of approach to exams has always been that, you know, if you do everything you can and you execute a strategy that you think is reasonable and rational, then you're going to be able to cope with whatever result because there's nothing more you could have done. You couldn't have gone about things differently. Um, and I think that's a sort of a great emotional comfort. That sort of uh, see me through various exams in the past i like that give it your give it your best shot and then um you know no regrets whatever happens so i'd, I'd love to just wrap up with perhaps you know what what would what would just be your like one or two top kind of takeaways you'd love perhaps if you were talking to, to students studying the same course as you or kind of other courses where there's you know just a huge amount to learn uh, what would be maybe those kind of the one or two things you'd really want to to emphasize to make their lives as easy and stress-free and successful as possible i, I think i'd say two things and one i think it's been a bit of a theme of, of our chat but it's that start memorizing early you're never going to have the perfect set of revision notes but it's much more important that you start getting stuff in your head as quickly as possible and for as long a period as possible as we talked about that space retrieval practice so in whatever form you can start memorizing early i think that's a great first tip i think so many people fall in the trap of spending all their time for example making the notes and don't leave enough time later to actually as you say memorize them i, I often use the analogy that if you are doing something like making notes where, which doesn't involve retrieval practice that's like the equivalent of building a piece of gym equipment at home you know, you're building something, but you're not actually training on it. And when you come to do the retrieval practice, that's actually the training session where you're starting to to build your build your body, build your muscles. Uh, same with memory. You know, making notes is just kind of building the machine that you'll later actually need to do some training on. It's not the training itself. That is definitely right. In 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 terms of the second piece of advice, I think it would be to think of yourself as almost like an athlete in that everyone always talks about your brain being a muscle, but I think it's kind of true. Say swimmers, the closer they get to a competition, the fewer and fewer lengths they do when they're training. It's all about the quality and the speed of those lengths. They're not in the pool for hours tiring themselves out beforehand. It's about very targeted and very focused preparation and all the time keeping their, their body as well as possible so eating properly, sleeping properly, exercising, obviously. <laughs> but I would apply the same approach to exams, I think. that The closer you get to the exams, the less gain there is from exhausting yourself by working late nights. Because your brain just won't be able to retain the information in the way that it should. 
hammer in the way that it can. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Um, well, it's been been such a pleasure to chat. Uh, thanks, thanks ever so much for, for for coming on. Not a problem. Very much enjoyed it. And thanks again, Charlie, and congratulations on your results. So my top three takeaways from this conversation. There was a lot to learn here. These are my top three points. Number one, don't sacrifice looking after yourself to make more time for studying. I'm so glad Charlie talked about resisting the temptation to you know, work through the night or, or get up crazy early and thereby doing skimping on sleep. It's a really, really important point. You know, you need to sleep. You need to keep your life in balance if you want to have long-term success in your studies. Point number two, spend less time making notes, more time doing retrieval practice. I invest as much time as possible in anything where you're pulling information out of your memory. So to do that, Charlie was using the blank page retrieval strategy. Again, you can see episode 68 for more on that. But other strategies for retrieval practice work great. Uh, For example, flashcards, which we talked about in episode 70. And if you are going to be using notes as part of your strategy, I would highly recommend the Q&A Ultranotes strategy, which I covered a couple of weeks back in episode 72. And the third and final takeaway, if you're preparing to study for an extended period of time ahead of a major set of exams, great idea, as Charlie did, to invest some time at the start of that study process to help you figure out the most effective study strategy. That doesn't necessarily mean planning which topics you'll cover and when. In fact, I really agree with what Charlie was saying in that that's not especially a helpful thing to do uh, for a lot of people. Instead, what I'm talking about here is spending some time deciding how you're going to study, what techniques you're going to use, perhaps even experimenting with a couple of different strategies and seeing what works best for you. Good strategies to think about, as I've said, include blank page retrieval, flashcards, Q&A ultranotes, or perhaps some combination thereof. I would also suggest planning out your ideal daily routine in this point. It's not necessarily a template that'll be fixed. You might make modifications to your goals for each day as you you go along and you you learn things about what works well and what doesn't work so well when it comes to your pattern of work through the day. Uh, But the earlier you start to set down a kind of concrete intention about how you want each day to go, uh, the the, uh, more likely you are to, to succeed in getting into good daily work habits as quickly as possible. And remember, if you need any support with any of this, for example, choosing your study strategies, making them work really, really well for you, getting some feedback to make sure you're using them in the right way and not wasting your time, uh, or perhaps creating the right daily routines, the perfect daily routine for you and your circumstances to get all the work you need to do in, as well as balance all the other things going on in your life. Remember, you can use me. I make my living as a study strategy coach and mentor, and I love working one-on-one with students of all ages who are preparing for exams at school, university, and in professional contexts like law, medicine, finance, and more. I know you can find lots of content here on the podcast, but sometimes what you really need is just a bit of personalised advice, a guide to help you cut through, cut right through to what's going to make the biggest difference for you, to set you up with the right strategies perfectly tailored to your challenges, your circumstances, and your unique style. I know from long experience that there is a faster and easier path for everyone up the mountain. And my speciality, it's what I do, is helping you get on that easier path fast so you can get the best possible results in your exams with the fewest worries along the way. 
To find out more about how you can get me in your corner as your coach to maximise your success and minimise your stress, head to examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. That's examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. It would be a joy to hear from you and to give you a little helping hand on your way to success. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. And I will look forward to seeing you next week when I'll be covering some neat memory tricks you can use alongside spaced retrieval practice to help you memorise even the toughest, most complex bits of your course. It'll be a great episode. I hope you'll be able to join for that then. In the meantime, study smart, have fun, and wishing you every success. Thanks again for listening. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.